Oh, well, Hydra, this is the fringe. ATR is going. Good. Okay, let's... That is the correct microphone. Oh, yes. Uh, OBS is going. Let's test that sound for a quick sec. Yeah, that looks good. That was Lone Digger by Caravan Palace, which is a new track that I discovered, and I'm really digging it. Um, okay, now I just got to set up a Hangout thingy. Um, hey! Hi! Oh, okay. It's doing thing <laughs> now. It's not showing me. Um, and that's okay, like, because I'm only recording audio. Okay. Um, yeah. It's also, it's, it's, like, it's not showing me to you because um, my webcam is being captured by uh, OBS right now. And, like, I think Windows 10 is supposed to be able to share the webcam feed with multiple different programs. But I guess that Hangouts is not um, is not built properly for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a recent thing on Hangouts that it doesn't show the picture automatically. I'm not sure. I mean, it doesn't show the uh, camera. And I don't mm-hmm. know if there is a way. Well, it's not our today's problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we could spend the next three hours trying to troubleshoot this. And yeah. Yeah. Get nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. I have. Um, so there will be a sound of a teapot at some point because I'm getting some water because I realized that uh, I went to a house with a cat last night and I took my medicine there, but now I'm mm-hmm. coming off the allergy medicine. And I I think I, I'm still, I still have some cat stuff on me. So um, I'll get water. Those Thanksgiving shenanigans. Yeah, I'll get water so that, you know, I'm not coughing. Okay, so uh, can you explain kind of briefly what you would like me to do? Yeah, um, so the the goal of this episode is to be like a um, kind of a guide for, you know, your general user, general computer user. Um, like, think about, you know, what my high school students would, would get use out of, right? Um, and And, you know, just kind of tips and tricks on how to protect yourself from like uh you know the the security of your accounts um online and um so so my thought is kind of structuring the episode uh in kind of three main sections like talk about some things that attackers might be after in the first place right why would they be trying to compromise uh your your data um talk about some of the threats that exist, you know, some of the, the techniques that uh, that attackers use to get access to your data, um, and then finishing off with uh, a segment about, like, what tools do we have at our disposal to protect ourselves. Um, and so for you, this could be, you know, we could treat this as like a, um, you could just be in the segment about, like, uh, about the types of threats that there are, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot of what we covered in the uh, cryptography class was specifically about, um, yeah, about about the types of threats that there are, um, right. and that was, and then and then how to protect from those. But that was more from the angle of like designing the systems um, as opposed to being an end user. 
and using those systems. Right, and I think that's that's a good point because I'm not very familiar with specific tools. Mm-hmm. So I can mention a couple of things that people can do, but you know, there are probably people who are better equipped to answer those questions. Right, um, and I mean, fortunately, like th- that is the section that I have the most. Um, detailed notes on because there are many 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 good written uh guides for like here are some cool tools that you can use to protect your your privacy and your accounts and stuff um i have far fewer details in the like threats i I literally just have a bullet list that says like well there's brute force attacks and man in the middle attacks (laughs) and like (laughs) no additional details right okay i see well, and you can edit the audio and pick and choose. Of course. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, let me get my water so that I, I'm not talking in the middle of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll do it back. All right. Um, and so another thing is that I'm, so I'll be sort of improvising there. So it's going to be probably a little long and a little unstructured. Right. So right. you can pick and if, choose. If I had been really like uh, on top of things here, I would have sent you like either the document or at least like you know the, a list of things that I can think of to ask you already. Right. Uh, but I I did not do that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's see what develops, and if it doesn't look like anything useful, then we can do sort of a recap. Um, mm-hmm. today or later of the things that you would like to include specifically if it ends up being too unstructured right um i don't yeah I, I even if even if it is way unstructured uh i probably wouldn't have enough time to like you know come back and try to redo the recording because like uh i do want to publish this by sunday uh, oh okay sure yeah, yeah. uh i i I always end up cutting things down to the wire here. (laughs) Yeah, well, and sorry, I wasn't available until now either. So, you know, it's the same on this end. Well, keep in mind that I'm kind of more on the theoretical side of things. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd get more out of me if you start asking questions that are more kind of theory oriented than Mm -hmm. um, other things. Right, right. and yeah, that's like that's fine because since since I want this to be an episode that kind of has you know stays relevant into the future, right? Uh, I don't want to get super you know bogged down in the specifics of like this is how the WannaCry uh, vulnerability works, and it's like well, okay, that's not going to be relevant right to people in the future. So right, okay, sounds um, good. Before we really get started here, um, I'm going to need to synchronize the two different audio tracks that I'm recording. Um, so could you go to the website time.is uh, so that we can do a clap at the same time? Okay. I have no idea what you just said, but I went to time.is. Yeah. Um, can we clap when it gets to 1017 on the minute? Uh, like clap. Oh, wait. Clap hands, or what? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Just so we we just passed that one actually. Uh. So let's let's do it oh, when it, we get to. You know what? It's not continuous for me. It just jumped. 
Oh, weird. Yeah. Went from seven uh, from 1656 to 1705. Now it's going fine. Okay. Okay. But I'm okay. behind so, you. So. Uh, okay. So what time do you want me to clap at? Let's t- let's clap at ten uh, seventeen and uh, fifty seconds. Okay. Yeah. I think. It's cool. Close. Okay. Yeah, because um, we used to do it where we would say like three, two, one in the call and then try to clap at the same time and there was always latency that's introduced by uh waiting for the um uh for for the you know mm. the signal to get to the other person right yeah um okay so so we just want to sp- uh focus on the threats part right um do you do you have any like specific knowledge about uh the first section that I mentioned about things that attackers might be after? Uh, things that attackers might be after. Yep. And um, there, there is a significant flaw in the, in the, you know, thinking that, okay, I've covered up my camera. I'm totally fine now. Um, because there's, there's, it's much, much harder to like cover up a microphone, sure. uh, which can, which can also be used for blackmail sometimes. Yes, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think, you know... I think images would be much more common, though. Right, yeah. Yeah. And with recording... um, I mean, I guess it depends on how private it is, but, Mm. you know, it's much more difficult to significantly embarrass someone by providing a recording, unless it's a recording that... Well, I mean, I can imagine a situation when it is, I suppose, but, you know... I mean, I've definitely never said anything embarrassing in my life. Right. Yeah, no, I understand that. But my (laughs) point is that, yeah, we're we're all vulnerable. But I think thinking about, uh, you know, um, pictures that somebody can take fairly easily if they have Mm -hmm. access to your computer. And there have been numerous cases of young women being intimidated, threatened, blackmailed, and... You know, uh, there are different things that an attacker may be after in that situation, and that puts people in a very, very vulnerable position. And I don't think you, I mean, images clearly are a much easier way to do that than audio. Yeah. So, but yes, of course, you still have to be careful. And you still, that's what I'm saying, that if you are in a situation that could potentially be recorded in any sort of when you don't want that recording to exist, then just make sure that your computer is off, off. Mm-hmm. And there is no way for somebody to record that conversation, at least through your computer. For them to be successful. From a, from a probabilistic standpoint. Uh, you, you, they, they could get it right on the first try, but it, that would be very, very, very unlikely. Well, it, it would be like... The, Again, you know, you have to imagine that the likelihood of that is one divided by the number of possibilities. Mm-hmm. So when we say very, very, very unlikely, we're talking about that very, very, very unlikely. Yeah, we're talking negligible. Exactly. Right. There is a science fiction, um, I, I don't even remember what science fiction book it is, but um, there aliens feed a random number generator seed for brute force breaking of encryption to actually make it break on the first try. Well, not on the first, but within like the first few days or something. 
but that's aliens. <laughs> right, yeah. They have the power, <laughs> and you can only do it once. If you do it twice, it's completely improbable. Mm. Doing it once, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody would believe that. But doing it twice makes it absolutely clear that there is some interference. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But short of aliens, it's impossible. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the recent um, uh, achievements, I think in 2015 or 16. Um, oh, very recent. Very, very recent. Yes, this field is developing very, very quickly. Um, so uh, somebody actually constructed a collision for a uh, commonly used hash function known as SHA-1, so secure mm. hash algorithm 1. Um, but again, you can create different pictures based on that same collision. There is only one sort of primary collision known, and you can generate collisions from it, other collisions, but they're not useful. Mm. Um, they, they don't give you, they don't allow you to, you know, um, hash two arbitrary things and have the same result. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a somewhat theoretical result, which of course is highly problematic even as is because, um, uh, you know, if one collision is known, is if a meaningless collision is known, perhaps we can create a meaningful collision. Right. Um, but right now, all the authors managed to do was to take um, the collision and effectively convert it. The collision itself is sort of represented by um, two different um, long um, sequences of zeros and ones that are used in color. So you can create these collisions where you use different colors and the same text. But the text must be the same. Okay. So again, it's uh, if you look at SHA-1 uh, collisions, uh, and I think the paper was called Shattered. So um, <laughs> very sensationalized. Yes, um, <laughs> and so if you Google for that, you can find websites where you can create your own collision on SHA-1. But effectively, it's not. It's a theoretical vulnerability. Still, it's not a practical one, mm -hmm. and so. Um, uh, it's not um, anything that uh, we need to worry about. Even if there are algorithms that use, use SHA-1, we can still sort of um, uh, wait for a bit and uh, wait until other functions, more secure functions are used in place. Um, just like MD5, which was a previous common commonly used hash function, um, is um, now it's being decommissioned because mm -hmm. uh, we can create meaningful collisions for MD5 now, but nobody should be using MD5 uh, nowadays. And and SHA-1 is uh, in a similar situation, right? Because there are more recent, there's SHA-2 and, and there, there are other, yeah. yeah so, so there are other uh, algorithms that I, I hope are more commonly used than SHA-1 at this point? Uh, well, as I said, at this point, this is just a theoretical vulnerability. So even right. if your um, database is using SHA-1, as long as it's not using MD5, you're okay. But okay. you should <laughs> be, you know, in the uh, as abundance of caution, um, I think companies uh, are moving towards uh, SHA-2 or SHA-3, which uses a completely different approach. Mm -hmm. um, 
but my point here is that going back to sort of the kinds of attacks um, that um, a, a this is still a theoretical vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So when we look at this sensational news, oh, Shawan is broken, um, uh, that doesn't immediately translate into vulnerabilities in uh, practical systems. Right. Um, there is quite a bit of a buffer there between uh, creating uh, a collision um, and being able to create useful collisions. Mm-hmm. So collisions with something where you know one message says that you want to deposit hundred dollars in the other one, or th- that rather you need hundred dollars deposited to your account, and then the other one is you know million dollars. So, like, that's the real issue that could be happening, but it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and this type of situation where you have you know two two entities trying to communicate and another entity in the middle passing stuff between them um, is is partially uh, enabled by the fact that that the internet that we've built up uh, in terms of the infrastructure is a distributed system, and so you you. Like you're never guaranteed to be sending messages directly from one device to another. You never know what devices are going to be uh, touching it along the way. Um, well, that's true. Although I think it very much depends. I mean, man in the middle is a giant. It's a term that refers to a giant set of different things that can be done. Right. Right. And so. Uh, but yes, it passes through who knows what and goes to who knows where. And so um, somebody could be pretending to be somebody else. But it could also be, you know, a participant on a local network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you never know if it's, you know, somebody in China or your next door neighbor. Sure. Yeah, I in in my house we've got five people living here and uh i mean i own the router so like i could be uh taking a look at the packets that everybody's sending without telling them um totally not doing that but right, right. <laughs> you know yeah yeah so yeah i i encountered that actually last year when um my family was involved in a car accident and i ended up uh being sent to a different hospital than everybody else and the the nurses there um, asked me, like, okay, is there anybody you want to, like, call? And I was like, well, you know, <clears throat> everybody's phone numbers are, like, stored in my Google Contacts list. So if you let me grab that computer over there and log into my password manager, then I'll be able to get my Google password. And then I'll be able to log in and find everybody's <laughs> phone numbers. Right. Yeah. We don't remember phone numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, and this was all because my phone was not in my pocket when they took me in the ambulance. So I did not have my phone with me. And I was like, well, this is this is a great situation. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's that assumes that you remember your password. Yes. I for your password manager. And I, I had literally just gotten a pretty severe concussion and I could not remember my own father's phone number. Like this is a phone number that normally I have memorized. Right. But in the moment, you know, they were like, What is his phone number? I'm like, uh, it's six one two oh crap. Um, right. But but I could remember my whole my password manager's password and I was very proud of myself for that. 
<laughs> yes, but you know, think about what would have happened if you couldn't. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, you, like my only recourse would have been, well, um, luckily there is a computer back at home that is still logged into the password manager. Right, yes. Right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, if you think about various things that in in that or a similar sequence that could have gone wrong, if you weren't able to remember your password manager password, mm -hmm. then you can't access anything at that point. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we have to be careful because we're creating that bottleneck and how do you deal with that? I don't know. And you also presumably trusted the nurse's computer to log into your password manager. Right. Well, so, so yeah, I was I was prepared to log into everything on the nurse's computer, but the nurse was like, well, we can't allow you to log into this computer. And I was like, oh, well, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> why is it here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they have medical records and privacy yep. and all of this. So, yep. yeah. And so they, they were doing their jobs right. <laughs> Um, and there's another interesting interesting thing about social engineering. It's sort of this um, anecdote, but it's it was published in the paper. So um, the uh, if it, I think everybody even now still knows what Nigerian letters are, or Nigerian <laughs> emails. Uh -huh. um, so you know, has that prince gotten his money yet? I mean, yeah, 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 it's, exactly. It's been it's been a few years. Yeah. So. Um, the interesting thing about that is that um, uh, sometimes people wondered, well, who would be so stupid to fall for it? Why yeah. don't they make it more sophisticated so that it's more believable? The truth yeah, is... E even a small proportion of people being tricked by that kind of thing makes it worth it. Well, and that's exactly what they're after, the small proportion, because mm -hmm. it requires manual follow-up. And so if they get, you know, out of... 10,000 people who they send it to, if one or two fall for it, that's their ideal target audience. Yeah, because it costs them nothing to send the email in the first place. Right, yes. But it's selecting people who are specifically clueless. Uh-huh. And so they have that, it's effective, effectively a filter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if, it, if the filter was less precise, they'd get, you know, maybe 100 people out of 10,000. Well, try to follow up on all of those. Mm -hmm. Or like a 1,000 out of 10,000. Um, that's, that's a large number. So the really um, sort of evil schemes sometimes rely on being able to find people who are specifically clueless and specifically, you know, are gullible to be able to work with. Mm, mm -hmm. So, um, so it's a very interesting thing. Uh, that was a part of research, um, I think, about five-ish years ago, and that brings back this sort of idea that social engineering is also targeted, mm -hmm. and so what you can get away with um, uh, when you're calling. Um, you know, an 80-year-old with a computer account is completely different from what you can get away with when you're calling a 40-year-old. Yeah. And I think that the the cases where people laugh at social engineering attempts is quite often from, like, 
it was just mistargeted, right? Right. Um, but I think it was just last week I was going through my work emails and I got one that was very clearly a phishing email trying to get me to put my password in somewhere, but it was all written in a Norwegian. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, not even close. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, but there may be a reason why. So I tend to get emails in Russian, Bulgarian, mm -hmm. and Italian, because that's what I'm identified as by my name. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I can only read Russian. <laughs> um, but that's another interesting thing. There was a phone scam going around recently that was specifically targeting immigrants. Mm. And it was from... Um, IRS about back taxes and required some immediate transfer to some sort of account. And like I've talked to people um, um, who almost fell for it and they were all immigrants uh, with sort of, I mean, it takes a while to figure out the system and you still mm -hmm. don't know who to trust. And so lots of that is again, targeted um yeah and, and i mean that kind of thing isn't specific to um like cyber attacks either i like i bought a house last year and um you know very soon started getting letters in the mail that you know were trying to make themselves appear to be like things that had to do with my mortgage from an entity that was uh like legitimately supposed to be contacting me about my mortgage and those kinds of issues um and it was like mostly only through the like my meticulousness in reading the fine print and also the fact that there are laws against like stating that any companies that are like contacting you in such a way have to specify somewhere on the document that like we are not your mortgage lender mm -hmm. you know like right. stuff like that and and you know that and that opened up like a whole new world to my in in my mind because i had never realized that that kind of thing um is you know that it that it was a thing um oh yeah yeah um so calls about your federal student loan i'm sure mm -hmm. you got that um, I act actually I got off without any student loans so yeah well <laughs> I, I got away get, from that one I get these calls oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> and I clearly never had any federal student loans for hmm. myself or actually even for my children but you hmm. know or like you know warranty expired on your vehicle uh, and that's a new set of calls um, and uh, they called um so I get these calls and I ignore them because uh, I know what my vehicles are and I know all of the right. warranty has expired a long time ago. So, um, uh, but there was a student who got this call. And he, he hangs up and then uh, says, "Apparently, warranty expired on my bike." Yep, yep. Because that's the only vehicle that you so. Yeah, sometimes it pays to be an unusual person who doesn't. Right. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, there is a lot of that. Lack of randomness generally is a problem. Um, we, we do like our randomness. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Randomness is a very cool topic in computer science and how to generate 
uh, random numbers and how many random numbers are enough and all of that. So that there is there is a lot of uh, theory and practice there and how you can misuse um, uh, perfectly secure algorithm because you don't uh, you haven't introduced enough randomness where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not going into details, but that, that's that's a yet another probably one hour segment that we could do. <laughs> um, so yeah. um, okay, so so there's that. So there is a lot of that that people need to be careful with. Uh, if you want to see something that is fairly scary in that regard, uh, just in popular Let's movies, get scary. Yeah. Uh, watch the movie called Searching. Actually, if you're interested in um, anything sort of related to social networks and um, life of young people and all of that, uh, that's a very cool um, a movie that um, is um, uh, sort of a uh, thriller kind of story, but it it has a lot of uh, it's it's done entirely through a laptop through a computer screen. Everything ah. that happens there happens uh, on the computer screen. Can, can you say the name of that movie one more time? Searching, like search. as in search, yeah, searching. Um, and it's about a father who is trying to um, solve um, a mystery of, her, of his daughter disappearing right after she disappears. So it's like within the next few days after her disappearance. And there is a detective that's handling the case. And everything that happens there is done through computers. And so it's shown how uh, initially he gets into all of her social media accounts. Um, so in like the course of a minute, we see how he gets into um, uh, her mother's account for password reset. Well, the mother passed away, so, um, but mm. he knows he knows the password to that. And once he knows the password to that, he's everywhere. And so that just takes a couple of minutes, really, of screen mm-hmm. time. And uh, it's that sequence that you watch uh, right in front of your eyes and it's quite cool in some ways so um cool cool in kind of a morbid sense yeah exactly yeah yeah um so um uh anyway um so yes once somebody gets into your primary email account so the email account that you use as your password reset um uh then they're basically in your system because you know the website was attacked and they were storing their passwords in clear text um once again a reminder that no legitimate service would store your password in clear text ever Mm -hmm. that just should not be happening um Moreover, they should store it in a way so that if you and I happen to have the same password, it does not show up the same in the database. And there are ways of doing that. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. Because the problem with storing a hash of a password is, as I mentioned earlier, hashing the same thing gives you the same answer. So um, um, if you... For instance, if you and I have the same password, the admin knows that. Mm -hmm. And if the database is leaked, even in 
um, uh, in well hashed form. I don't want to say the word encrypted because it's not true. Um, uh, <laughs> people often say encrypted. Right, one one way encrypted. Yeah, exactly. Hashed passwords. So if um, my password happens to be the same as yours, uh, you know my password. Right. Um, yeah. And so the way it's done is they don't store a hash of a password. They store a hash of a password with a random number. So glued together with a random number. And okay. that random number is stored right in that same database. Yeah. But and then, that's still safe. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a, a one way function. Yeah. Yeah. So that's called salt. So they're, still, yeah. they're they store salted hashed passwords which makes you think of you know yummy food um, yeah exactly we just came off of thanksgiving so we're still yeah. thinking about yummy food yeah um but yes that's how your password should be stored um so um uh where was i um uh we got here somewhere somehow <laughs> so i was talking about storing passwords in clear text right so databases of stored passwords mm -hmm. so going back to that example of people's websites and running just all possibilities through um um you can do the same with a person's twitter account um or their web uh, their facebook page um or better yet the intersection of the two mm-hmm and I would imagine, I have not seen evidence of that, but then I didn't look, but I would imagine that machine learning might be really helpful in that regard. For for figuring out what somebody's yeah. password is based on what they've posted? Yeah. So you take all publicly <laughs> known information about the person and you try to figure out what their password is. That does sound like a fun project. And I'm... <laughs> Pretty darn sure that it's a fun project that has been um, uh, actually uh, undertaken because uh, both by sort of good hackers and bad hackers. Yeah, white hack and white yeah. hat and black hat hackers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because um, that's um, that really is something that um, I think is possible. I think for most people, there are very clear dependencies between their publicly available information. So all of the, you know, uh, well, for one thing, the way, for instance, uh, people of different age groups construct their passwords, I would ah. say is, at least anecdotally, would probably be quite different. And people tend to go into the area that's sort of dear to them in order to create a password. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you can do show of hands in your class and ask <laughs> that question. You don't have to know what their area is, but like right. basically right. is your password based on something that you care about? Mm -hmm. No further questions asked. But... <laughs> now, funny, funny story about um, my younger brother, who is, is a, a very consistent example of like, doing things the opposite way than you expect um he got a cat when he was a kid and tried to name the cat after one of his passwords <laughs> <laughs> retroactively yep. matching those wow that's cool yes 
Yeah. Yeah. He has a he has a very interesting mind. <laughs> yes. Well, and then on some level, yes, if your mind works differently from how most people's minds work, then you're better at this game than, you know, <laughs> other people. Uh, but at the same time, um, even that can be categorized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how people construct their passwords, how people construct their passwords uh, is probably very much dependent on who they are. Mm-hmm. That could be a part of machine learning. You know, um, an English major, um, 25-year-old, you know, female. Right. Which is, again, all information that you can get from somebody's public profile, right? Well, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Are they in a relationship? Do they have any kids? You know, do they have any pets? What is their area of expertise? What are their hobbies? Mm-hmm. There you go. What is their favorite sports team? Yeah. <laughs> Where they live. Yeah, because you know what the algorithm is that it's using. Exactly. Yeah. You know everything yeah. except the um key which you should so Mm -hmm. if you use a handmade uh, well encryption or uh whatever algorithm uh you're doing what's known as security by obscurity (laughs) Uh, yeah if you're not a mathematician if you're not an expert you're gonna screw up there is no question about it do i need to repeat this in a more uh children friendly way or (laughs) (laughs) yeah if there's one thing that I remember from our cryptography class, it was that uh, obscure or security through obscurity is not secure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there were several um, high-profile cases. There was one company. I don't remember who that was. A bank or something. And they described their algorithm, and I'm reading it, and I'm like. I should just give it to my students in cryptography and have them take it apart because, well, again, it's a protocol kind of thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> where they just don't understand the vulnerabilities that come from uh, using the same um, value that was generated by uh, perfectly secure math, but they use it twice. Okay. And so that's a problem so something along those lines i don't remember the details but there are some things that you know um i tell my students not to do and these people are supposedly security experts and uh, they still do it and it, it was an algorithm well and there's also social aspect to it because um my understanding is that the algorithm that they were using was developed some years ago like 20 years ago um, or 15, and they didn't switch to anything new because they had a lot of infrastructure set up around that. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing. Use modular development where you can swap out your encryption algorithm, your hashing algorithm, uh, and other parts of the system are not going to be affected by it. Yeah. So D- don't go all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then you're creating this dependency on something that's not good. And 
uh, you can't easily swap it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, <laughs> I, think I, I think that's a lot of material. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm um, curious to hear the um, episode. The final, the final product? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, before you go, um, I probably should have uh, forgot about this beforehand, but uh, can you like introduce yourself uh, for the listeners and um, just like, you know, name and like, you know, you're a professor of like, I don't know, what do they call you? Just a compu- professor of computer science at Morris? Um, yeah. Some, some. Yeah. Like, what? Is, yeah, what is your title? There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, I'm Yelena Machkasova. I'm um, Associate Professor of Computer Science at the University of Minnesota Morris. Um, I teach a variety of different classes, including cryptography, and I've been teaching this for um, about 15 years on and off. Um, um, So not every year. Um, And I try to pay attention to developments in cryptography and security awesome all right yeah thank you so much elena yeah thank you that was fun it is yeah (laughs) Yeah. maybe we need to talk about some of the follow-up stuff yeah definitely and i'll um i'll definitely send you a link uh when i publish it perfect all right thank you awesome you have a good day thanks you too bye bye Man, it is so much fun getting actual experts on. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, Fringe.